who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Listen! Hello, NBC listeners. A quick update from Tom here. Uh, So we had some technical difficulties. We're still adjusting to work from home stuff. So we originally planned this episode to just be a quick standalone one-off special to talk about the Nintendo Direct, which got revealed and shown uh, in simple fashion like usual right after we uh, announced or recorded this week's usual episode. We recorded the special and then we found out afterwards that the old episode that we were going to use as our normal episode this week had technical issues that we didn't know about and is unusable. So we can't share that one with you, unfortunately. Please bear with us. We really appreciate you sticking with us through all this work from home stuff. Uh, But you can enjoy our extended conversation about this week's surprise Nintendo Mini Direct now. And then afterwards, at the end of the Direct talk, you can uh, stick around for a segment Uh, with Bill Trinan discussing Animal Crossing. So that's a brand new thing that we're going to put in the end of this episode too. So this will be episode for the week. Uh, Again, apologies that it's not the usual thing, uh, but thank you so, so, so much. We really, really appreciate you sticking with us through all this. We hope you're safe and all that on your end as well. Uh, And enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special mini episode of NVC responding to the mini direct that just dropped today out of nowhere. So that's exciting. Yeah, mini in quotes, as Zach just did. Uh, I am your temporary host, Tom Marks. We're throwing this together kind of slapdash. It's going to be a shorter standalone episode just to respond to this direct because we recorded yesterday's episode and then the direct just dropped out of nowhere on Thursday morning, which is really unbelievable. But very typical, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's in- not it's not very typical though, right? Because like usually Nintendo the day before will at least tweet out like, "Hey, there's a direct coming tomorrow," or you know, like, "Hey, there's a direct coming in two days." But this is kind of unprecedented for them to just be like, "Okay, here it is," and it's it's odd because right, you know, usually they count on that to like bring in a bunch of people to watch that that premiere live. I, I honestly thought it was really strange this morning to wake up and see like, oh, Nintendo just dropped 
30 new games it was like what yeah, like, yeah no correct as you can actually as you can, hear, you, can, you can probably tell that i'm a little annoyed because usually real, you real know quick as you can hear zach ryan is joining us also chiming in right now is brian altano but we're also joined because casey was busy today by seth macy long distance Hello. so well brian what were you gonna say I was going to say, I meant typical in that uh, NBC recorded yesterday and news broke afterward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and if true. you, when you go and listen to the regular episode of NBC this week, you'll also hear us say hilarious things like, I can't believe there's no Borderlands on Switch. That's crazy. Why would there not be Borderlands on Switch? And then literally less than 24 hours later, Borderlands was announced on Switch. So you'll get mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, we are going to dig into this, though. Let's just jump in. Uh, we're going to be going down our Roundup article, which you can find. You can actually go to this Roundup article on IGN.com to see all of the announcements, as well as a poll that's asking you what your favorite reveal was from the Nintendo Direct. So <clears throat> you can check that out. But let's start at the top uh, with the Smash Bros. announcement, which was kind of like a little bit of a half announcement, right? They announced that the first fighter in the second fighter pass is going to be an arms character arriving in june and revealed in june but we don't know which character yet and they need more time for the development which you know who i i bet it's uh punch man i bet punch man is the character they choose i was gonna say fist girl what what i was gonna say what about the other one might be joey fingers my yeah. theory was that they're leaving it open because it's going to be one of those things where, ev- like, like the Koopalings, where every skin is a different character. And yeah, it's probably going to be like same. Arms Fighter or something, right? Right. right. Yeah. But uh, cool. I mean, everybody was really clamoring for more Arms news, so it makes sense that this would come. <laughs> be nice. People like people like the they it's like the, game. the the like really like ar- the Arms well, this... game. This is a character, like, A, I'm not really, like, it's not a character I'm disappointed to see in Smash Bros. And it's one I kind of thought that they were going to do in the first Fighter Pass anyway. So. It's certainly, yeah. It certainly leads me to believe that they're, they're really still thinking about making ARMS a franchise. You know what I mean? Like, they right. said that, like, well, development is still happening on ARMS 2. Well, maybe they didn't say ARMS 2, but they did hint that, like, they're working on a sequel to ARMS. It's which called is- Legs shocking to me thank you seth it's kind of shocking to me because like i feel that game kind of came and went so fast uh it it sold well and i think it like stuck around for a little bit but this this does this news feels a few years too late i'm with you guys on that like yeah i think if they had announced this character uh you know a few months after the launch um it would have made a little bit more sense what is that I have a rattle. There was going to be an Sorry, I was... in the basement. <laughs> Protein shake. Sorry. Yeah. I I assumed that other unarmed character was going to be the base game. I was surprised when there same. wasn't. Yeah. Um, it kind of uh, seems like a no-brainer to put it like in the first round, but it seems very weird to put it here in this third round of characters. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing is, is like they're they're coinciding this with uh, allowing players to play the entire game for free for a little while, which is, mm-hmm. I think, a smart move. Um, it's basically a free Switch game that uh, you can download immediately, and I think I, you know a free first-party Switch game uh, temporarily, air quotes. But I think that's pretty awesome, even if I I didn't super get into that game. Zach, mm-hmm. I don't know about you as Mr. Smash Bros. Man right now, but like, I'm not like overly crazy or excited about the idea of like an arms character but i am excited about the prospect of what an arms character as a smash bros fighter would be like i think that character could be pretty fun to play yeah yeah 
Like even yeah, if- I think that that it would be uh uh like a nice medium distance character. You know, like a lot right. of like good good reach, um, like a lot of great recovery probably. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm interested as a fighting character. Like I'm interested in it as a fighting game character. I just think it's a weird move in terms of like their overall oeuvre at this point. But yeah, because I kind of like I kind of assumed would... that Nintendo would would do arms and see the reception and then just be like okay well we tried that once we're back briefly we had small technical issues there but we're back to talk now about xenobig chronicles definitive edition uh we got a release date for this may 29th they also just like showed off a bunch of the game this was sort of their headliner uh, aside from pokemon i think it's the thing they spent the most time on in this yeah um I've I've said my piece about Xenoblade Chronicles on this show. I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh you go y'all go ahead and talk about this game. I'm good. Well, who here has played it? Because I missed it back in the day. I nope. also missed it back in the day. I played just, a bit. Okay. Yeah. You played, say, oh, you played no. the first one, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Are you like did did you like what you saw here in terms of remaster and definitive edition, whatever they want? I mean, this is like, it, while I, I probably won't dive into this, this is uh, obviously gigantic news for people who love this game. Um, this is a highly beloved game that will take hundreds of hours to finish, and putting that on Switch is never bad news. Um, personally, it's not something I'm really uh, in, intrigued about, but um, every time I've sort of been like, oh, who's even excited about this? Millions of people are like, us! <laughs> and yeah. so... I will just say I'm happy for all of you who are happy for this game, even though it's not for me personally. Uh, good luck and Godspeed, and I hope you enjoy your fun time with the video game coming this year. Well, uh, I, I will say I'm really, A, I'm excited that we just have another mainline Switch game release date this year. Like, that's exciting to me. Um, but beyond that, I'm excited because when I was asking about if I should start Xenoblade Chronicles 2 a million years ago, the thing I got from people was you should really play the first one first, but it's also not worth going. It's like it's more trouble than it's worth to go back to it because it's kind of an aged game. So seeing this as like looking pretty much just as good as Xenoblade Chronicles 2 now makes me want to be like, oh, yeah, I, sh- I can actually play this, which is mm-hmm. which is really exciting. Yeah, I think that the graphically, like, the overhaul looks gorgeous. Like, yeah. the, the character models look really, really good. The environments look really good. I think that the one thing that I really liked about Chronicles 2, the 10-ish hours that I spent with it, was, like, it's just insane to see that expansive sort of open world, uh, uh, those kinds of areas on the Switch. Uh, you know, like, no game does it anywhere near that good except for maybe breath of the wild. So uh, like Brian said, I, I think it's really cool for fans of Xenoblade. Uh, I'm stoked that they're get a chance to, you know, replay this. One of the most exciting announcements for a lot of people, at least on IGN.com, according to our poll was uh, 2k games announced or 2k announced that a bunch of their games are coming. So we're getting the Bioshock collection, which is Bioshock one, two and infinite. We're getting borderlands legendary collection and we're getting XCOM twos the XCOM 2 collection, but that's really mm-hmm. just like it and its DLC. Yep. Um, that's three series that are fantastic yep. all coming to Switch and like on also on May 29th. So this is like really, that's really cool. Like that's, that's just uh, got all of this at once. That's like huge support from 2K. My, my yep. only concern here is that I hope that the Bioshock collection 
that they're putting out for Switch has been retooled since it was released for Xbox and PS4. There was some like really serious issues with that collection. And even now, like um, my my friend just replayed through uh, uh, Bioshock 2 and she had like a bunch of glitches and issues and stuff in in the Bioshock collection. Uh, So I'm hoping that, that it's been ironed out before or will be ironed out before it comes to the Switch. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. Mm-hmm. They didn't announce prices on any of these, right? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, because I mean, I just got the Bioshock collection uh, basically for free, air quotes, through uh, PlayStation Plus a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about that is that it, it has all the DLC um, from two, like Minerva's Den, and yep. I think all the D- it's got all the DLC from everything basically, um, which is awesome. There's a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, but yeah, I I hope it runs okay, and I hope it's priced moder you know modestly. Um, the these games are what seven and like ten, twelve years old at this point. So um, yeah, that said, uh, you know I'm the guy that paid I think like thirty bucks for Resident Evil Four on Switch. So there's <laughs> there's other people that these these games are their Resident Evil Four. So yeah, I mean yeah. I can't I can't be a hypocrite there. I uh... surprised about Borderlands now. Because uh-huh. that seems like it should have come out maybe when Switch first launched during the first year. Because I don't know, I played a, a lot of Borderlands, and they just put out that 4K like upgrade last year, and I are put in another you know several hours of Borderlands and Borderlands Two. So it's exciting for you know to have Borderlands on the go, and hopefully it has some great multiplayer support, like four people can just sit around and just grind on Borderlands. But eh, feels like a little too late. Well, so many yeah. developers or so many publishers, at least, were like really hesitant in the first years of the switch they really didn't know which way it was going to go after the wii u and so this is essentially in my eyes 2k basically being like all right you know what like yeah we should have done this and we're just here's everything at once right because if, yeah. if they were trying to be more precious about it they wouldn't they wouldn't put them all on the same day yeah uh, also that's to, that is odd. Out, just to shout it out like xcom 2 is still XCOM 2 is aged, but even with the War of the Chosen expansion in there too, like it is, it's still such a phenomenal tactics game. It is so so good, and it's so exciting to have it on. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really think it's cool that 2K is supporting with like its its heaviest hitters. Uh, I spent an obscene amount of time playing Borderlands 2 when it first came out, but skipped the Borderlands 2 remaster and the Handsome Jack collection. Um, so, like, honestly, watching the Direct today, I was like, you know what? I think that Borderlands 2 would be a fun little game to kind of play through on the Switch and hook up with some of my pals on, across Discord or something and do it that way. I think it could be a nice little trip down memory lane. And now that I've beaten uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses and I'm obviously a big-time strategy boy, um, <laughs> I'll be maybe thinking about dipping into XCOM because everybody that I know that's played XCOM 2 says that it's, like, the definitive strategy experience. So. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'll echo I'll echo you guys that it's weird as hell that all these games are kind of dropping on the same day. Uh mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's that's going to sort of mess up their optics when it comes to them actually judging how well their titles are performing on Switch. Had they spaced them out, I think there are people that would have bought all three of these basically once a month. But dropping them all on right. the same day, I think a lot of people are gonna choose one. And um that's kind of a bummer because then their takeaway will be like oh, maybe we have to be sort of hesitant with how much we support this system. I have a feeling they'll still keep putting their games there. They're not going to really pull an EA, although 
we'll get into them later, I assume. Uh, but they, uh, it, this is this is just a weird thing to do. It's it's. I, I think there's there was a smarter way to trickle these things out. Uh, Seth, I, I have one last Borderlands question for you as the Borderlands man. To mm -hmm. people, Borderlands, who have never as played Colin. Borderlands, yes. <laughs> uh, to people who have never played the Borderlands series, who are thinking of buying this collection, do you think they need to play the first one before this? No, not at all. But the first one's great. Okay. Yeah, the second one is is like perfect. The second one is so amazing. Second one has better characters. I yeah, feel like I, their I their powers are more balanced. Like I generally remember the <clears throat> second one basically just being the first one, but better in every yep. way. Yeah, yeah the second one was like an event. Like me and my friends would like <laughs> email each other and be like, "Okay, seven o'clock tonight. Like, let's let's do this." And you know, like, oh wow, email, huh? You guys remember email? Yeah, yeah. I still use those every I, now and then. Send one off I, to my Gramps. I send everything through Dodo Post. <laughs> hey, Gramps, Borderlands at seven. <laughs> uh, another Seth Maisie topic. Oh, that's me. We got a bunch of new details about Bravely Default Two. Yeah. As well as Zach is dancing, as yeah. well as a demo is available right now, which Seth, I believe you've played some of. Yeah, I played about an hour so far. What are you thinking? I'm. Look. <laughs> this, the Bravely series, is exactly the kind of game that appeals to everything that I like. Like, it has um, some pretty over the top sort of uh, voice acting, which I love in its cheesiness. I know the story. The story starts out like there's four crystals that have been removed and the world is in chaos. Like, oh, wow, I've, I've never heard a story like that in my life before. It has these cute little characters. It has a job system. It has a novel battle system. The From what I've played so far, like you should absolutely download it because it's beautiful. It looks like a, like a little, um, like a tilt shift watercolor painting. And yep. uh, it's, it's absolutely delightful. I've spent an hour playing it. I maybe did about 10 minutes of the story and then I've just been grinding. Because grinding on a handheld uh, system, grinding an RPG is absolutely beautiful. You can just do it right before you go to bed. Ah, I'm just going to kill some goblins and, and whatnot, work on my skills and spells, and then I'm going to go to sleep. And I love it. And it's, uh, I give this demo a 10. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> that might be a little preemptive. Grinding a demo is like an amazing... I know, isn't it the stupidest thing? But I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, well, I got to get my skills up. I don't want to, you know, because I'm capturing video. I don't want to get losing to the boss and have everyone making fun of me like, who's this guy <laughs> um i i'm in the same boat as seth like bravely default and bravely second i've some of my favorite rpgs in the last decade or so and uh it's it was really funny for me because like i i'm so stoked for bravely default 2 that uh when i was watching the the presentation today i I could see the same stuff that Seth is pointing out. Like, it's like, oh, that's not like the most original character. And like, oh, it's just the job system from Final Fantasy V and like those things. And I felt like such a hypocrite because the stuff that I was knocking uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles for was the stuff that I was like celebrating in, <laughs> in Bravely Default. Like watching Xenoblade Chronicles, I was like, oh my God, this is like JRPG 101. Uh, but then watching uh, Bravely uh, Default 2, it was like, oh my God, this is JRPG 101. Like, <laughs> so familiar, uh, you know, I love yeah, it. Uh, it's so, like a so, blanket. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that the, the art style and and the um, the job system and the fact that it's just like Square Enix uh, is what does it for me. Like I, I, I just, I love these games and I can't yeah. wait for this new one. They feel like um, the 
actual follow-up to like final fantasy six you know final fantasy seven eight nine they're great mm-hmm. and then they kind of they sort of go off into the woods and i don't like the new battle system at all but this is turn base and yeah. you hit the hard button it goes and yeah all extra bonus hits and it's what does it do like a transformer yep exactly that's why they hear that noise a bunch of times also i was i was wrong earlier uh, when I said that Xenoblade Chronicles got the most time, except for Pokemon Bravely Default 2, actually got the most time in this direct. Yeah, it was oh, fair. Wow. Is, it's pretty cool to see Nintendo treating this like a a big event. Obviously, there wasn't like a Zelda game in this direct, but like they they gave it a lot of time here. Uh, also, the main uh, protagonist's name is Seth. Seth, that's right. <laughs> Seth. It was like join our hero Seth, and I was like, oh, my hero's name is Seth. <laughs> I wish I could name all my characters Zach. Oh, come on. I don't think oh. it supports that. Uh, we um, we are running short on time, so I'm going to move on sure. a little quickly. Mm-hmm. We got a, uh, extended details on Pokemon Sword and Shield's expansion pass, specifically its first thing, the Isle of Armor. Uh, weirdly enough, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because there wasn't like a ton of revelatory stuff here. We already knew about the new legendary Pokemon, Cub Fu, and they kind of just, we knew it would have different forms, and they basically just explained, like, there are these towers, and choose, depending on which one you go through, which dojo you go through, uh, and which trials you go through, you get a different form of this Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise, we didn't really hear, like, like, there's, yeah, they showed off the new areas a little bit, and, like, they said there's going to be new items, there's new card backgrounds, that sort of thing, but, like, it was it was sort of, like, a low-key, just, like, they felt like they needed to put Pokemon in here, so. Yeah, I I feel like it was a it was kind of an odd choice for them to put. Usually, the last thing that they do is like a big, you know, tentpole thing, like a reveal or a, you know, like a nice little treat for Nintendo fans. I felt like, and I I might be wrong in saying this, but I felt like a lot of this information wasn't necessarily super new information. Um, I haven't been following uh, Isle of Armor and Isle of what was the other one? Swords. Isle of what is it? Dogs. The crown, uh, crown Tundra. Yeah, Crown Tundra. Um, I haven't been following the the news on them super close because I kind of fell off uh, Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield at, towards the end. But um, uh, it, it wasn't, I, I thought it, wasn't, it was like it wasn't like new. It was it like went into more detail about stuff we generally kind of had an idea. Well, but that's the thing is like we already knew about like Cubfu and Urshifu and how yeah. like different uh, different choices will result in different. Uh, uh, powers and different like alignments and stuff so like i I wasn't i I don't know like none of it really felt super new to me and not not new enough information or big enough information to be like the last big thing but Mm -hmm. maybe i don't know i I, you know this is obviously a a question for casey because she might have been doing backflips over it so (laughs) well the last kind of major thing we heard of too uh the biggest game i guess that got talked about was animal crossing uh, they detailed New Horizons' first seasonal event, which is, I think they call it officially Bunny Day, but it's basically Easter. Um, this non- it's non-denominational egg holiday. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be going on between April 1st and April 12th, or if you time-traveled, never? I don't know. You're screwed. But between April 1st and April 12th, uh, they're going to be doing an event where you can find eggs hidden around your island and little holes or when you fish even for some reason it's very there's a very creepy bunny on your it's island called row you can make yeah you can what oh, <laughs> it's no, a fish egg joke. <laughs> uh Gross. You, you can make bunny things how did this look because this is really exciting to me that this is coming that, in a week 
the uh, first of all, time travelers will be able to enjoy the party with everybody else. We'll just time travel to that day during that real day in real life, and we'll show up with tons of awesome future stuff that all of our friends will be jealous of, as is routine with our lives as intergalactic time bending bandits. Jim, Secondly, Jim and yourself, Brent. Yeah. Secondly, that <laughs> rabbit. That rabbit is one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen on a screen. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> That is, that is like, there's a lot of the animals in that game are cute. That dude is like, what is that? Right? Can you guys well, back me up? It's, it's especially I did not, creepy. I did not care for it. No. Oh it's man. It's especially creepy because it's, um, like there are, there are bunnies in the game. There are bunny villagers and they yeah. do not look like that. You know what it is? I think it's a man. I think it's a real human adult man in a costume. It yep. looks like a suit. <laughs> I That's think it's like right. a I think it's like a mall rabbit. It looks uh, like a collectible you'd find in Fallout. Yeah. It, it, like overall I'm stoked for seasonal events. Like I I think that's like I think it's a really cool excuse to jump back into Animal Crossing. Obviously, this one's coming out like hot on the heels of the release, but like th- those are the kinds of things that'll keep me coming back to Animal Crossing throughout the course of the next year. Right. Um I hated all the stuff that they showed like an yeah, like yeah, yeah. egg table and the weird egg arch. I'm like, I'm not making I'm any like, of that stuff. That looks no, awesome. I'm, I'm, like you know, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get like a, a like pinball tables and yeah, me too. I want TV right now. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not I don't care. I don't I don't want an egg bed. Yeah. You know, there's no, you, like this you, you just use it for April and then when the next thing comes around you you do you do a different one. Then there's an Earth Day event that they. I'm announced. not gonna do it. I'll I'll go and I'll maybe I'm I'm gonna try to hit the bun the rabbit man with an axe and then I'm gonna <laughs> get out of there. But I, no, I, there's so it's not like I'm sitting there playing Animal Crossing and being like, man, yeah, I really wish there was more furniture in this game, maybe some egg <laughs> stuff. Like it's I there's so much to do in that game right now. There's so much to collect. It's, I'm having I'm like having the time of my life playing this game. This is like my favorite game in ages. It came mm-hmm. at the perfect time. I'm glad they're doing these events. I I don't care for this one. I want them. So what this game doesn't have at all right now, at all, at least from what I can tell, is all the Nintendo themed furniture, which has been a mm. huge part of my collection in the like the last few games. Um, which means that they'll probably do an event for it. But like back in the day, you could basically get, you know, uh, Samus's helmet. You could get a Triforce that animated. You could get all this Mario wallpaper tile set. You know, um, put a pipe in your room. You know, like Zach already has one, but. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Big 420 well, boy over there. <laughs> well, I'm I'm slightly less. Oh no, I'm slightly less pessimistic than you guys probably. Um, I thought it looked cool, at least in terms of laying the groundwork for an event. But yeah, I think it'll be I'm, delightful. I think it'll be. I just yeah, like yeah. to collect any garbage that comes along in that game. Yesterday, I bought an oil barrel. And it's, better than, it's better than an egg bed. <laughs> It's an industrial 55-gallon drum of oil that I just keep great. in my living room. It'll go great next to my egg bed. So those were the big <laughs> things. Let's run off real fast because we're running out of time. Uh, some of the other sort of major, smaller, major, smaller, you know what I mean, mini announcements. We'll Jumbo shrimp. Uh, sure. Yeah. Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy is available now. Is that exciting bought to that any of you guys? It's, it's a, it's I an bought awesome it. old game. You bought it already? I bought it immediately because it says Star Wars on it, and I'm a consumer idiot. This is for those who don't know. This is a 17 year old game that's now coming to Switch, which is pretty cool. It's a well loved game. Another very I love it. Star Wars game. I think it's cool. Well, I, well, I did want to say, like, to Jedi Academy's point, like, uh, I think it's really cool that they've brought those servers online for Switch, and you can play online right. against people. I think that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, but now it's all extended universe. No thanks. 
<laughs> Holy cannon for this guy. I don't. I mean, after the last movie, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that seems fine by me. Yeah. Uh, more Star Wars. This one is really exciting to me. Is Star Wars Episode One Racer? The pod racing game is coming to Switch. Uh, yes, I love pod racer, is, man. Dude, this game is genuinely an amazing like racer. It's a great today. racer. Yeah, it's I'm wondering when they'll good. put the definitive Star Wars racer on the Switch though. Super Bombad Racer. Oh, That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also got an announcement for Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics. Which did, is... you, did anyone feel bad for the announcer during that, where he was just like, he sounded yeah. basically exhausted by the end. I know, he's, he's like, like, oh, that's a lot Texas of games. Tennis, backgammon, public drinking, public <laughs> urinating. Uh, this one has gotten a weird amount of excitement. It's coming to Switch on June 5th, and I've seen a lot of people already be like, this is super exciting, because some of the games looked cool. Like, it's nice to just have yeah. That was a tepid reaction here, but there's there's at least a couple people who are. Well, I was going to email my Gramps about it. Mm-hmm. Gramps, <laughs> let's play toy soccer. Seven p.m. I dig the idea of being able to just randomly play Mancala on Switch, but maybe that's I'll be my sleeping. Own thing. Uh, here's one that is worth talking about a little more. Burnout Paradise Remastered is coming to Switch. Yeah, that that's so yes. much ass. That's awesome, that's dude. Great. It also is maybe a sign of EA coming around a little bit. Hopefully, yeah, this, yeah. this is all we want from them. We want them to dig through their catalog of classics and drag and drop to Switch. That's, that's all we're asking for. That's, that's, that's it. That's uh, all we gotta do. You know, yeah, uh, just drag and drop. Nintendo always does these like sizzle reels at the end where they just announce, mm-hmm. like they sneakily announce or show more of like 30 games right at the end. It's just it's like rapid fire. Okay, let's wrap it up now. And there's always one or two things in those those reels that makes me be like, yo. And today that was Burnout Paradise. Like that game yep. is awesome, and it's so yeah. it's so great that it's come to Switch. Another one, uh, Catherine Full Body is arriving on July seventh. Also this very good. One, yeah, also very good game. More adult than most of the ones that were in this direct, but um, it's it's one people have been asking for for a little bit, which is really exciting. And yeah. also, hopefully, my hope is that it naively i'm hoping it paves the way for atlas to bring more stuff to the source talking about persona yeah. 5 maybe 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 yeah uh i don't know i i loved <laughs> catherine when it came out on the playstation 3 is that yeah. when it first came out yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah i kind of i kind of dodged it when it came out in the re-release because there's a lot of like weird controversial stuff in the in the new version um i i don't know i don't know how to feel about this one i like i want to replay it i i really like the story in the first go around but the stuff that i've heard about the the new version is like putting me off so the egg bed yeah the, all those egg beds <laughs> if you're if you're curious look it up it's yeah it's out there but. that's fair uh, yeah. There are a couple available now drops, Panzer Dragon Remake and Shin Sekai Into the Depths, both dropped today. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm interested in reviews for Panzer Dragoon. Apparently, yeah. so Zach and I played it at Gamescom. Yeah. Neither of us were really a big fan of it. Uh, nope. But apparently they were like, they took a lot of criticism into consideration and um, went head down on development. That was, you know, what, nine months ago at this point? Eight mm-hmm. months ago? Who knows? Time is irrelevant these days. It's a flat circle. Um, yeah, and so that's seen... that's sort of just like a surprise job. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I, if if you're playing that and you're listening to the show or watching the show, uh, and you dig it or you don't dig it, let us know because uh, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm sort of interested in it. I, I do feel like it's a bad sign though that there's no run up to the the review or release or anything. Like I, I think it's not a great vote of confidence that they're like uh let's just put it out after it's been talked about for so long right right 
Uh, another random drop that also got announced today was an adorable looking game called Good Job, which I'm 100% going to buy because it looks like a Tom game. Yep, and it, it looks really fun, and I've already seen a few people on Twitter like tweeting about it saying, like, hey, this game is great. Like, don't don't sleep yeah. on this game. So I'm, I'm going to check that out, time. yeah, as well as the Bravely Default demo tonight. There's also myself away from Animal Crossing. Also an announcement, I was running through these, I'm sorry. Uh, sure. Ring Fit Adventure update is coming mm-hmm. later today that adds a rhythm game mode that basically looks like Beat Saber, but with the ring, which is kind of awesome. I know, like, Janet Garcia on staff is really excited for this. Very mm-hmm. cool that they're just adding this sort of like pretty significant new mode to to Ring Fit just suddenly. It's too bad you can't get Ring Fit anywhere, but then again, you also can't get right. Nintendo Switch anywhere right now either. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Switch is sold out everywhere. Yeah, even the Switch yeah. Lite. Mm-hmm. I'm not um, saying like, oh, oh, even the old Switch Lite. I mean, it's just like yeah, it's it's even the bad one. <laughs> it's crazy Which how much this, like shelter in place stuff has made Ring Fit popular. Like it yeah. literally yeah. has blown up because of it. Yeah, I mean, um, even if you Marvel, wanted to play Ring Fit on the Switch Lite, you'd have to buy Joy Cons and then play it on a tiny screen. It's just a you know, exercise is difficult though. So this is <laughs> Hot Take Ultimate Alliance Three. Uh, the Black Order got expansion pack details that showed off Fantastic Boo. Four. <laughs> Are you booing Fantastic Four? I was booing no, no. exercise. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then beyond that, we just kind of got like there, there were mostly smaller things, and we're running out of time. So I really wanted to ask. Uh, kind of how did you guys feel about this generally? And then one of the questions we got a couple times in this quick Facebook post I posted about it, but like, is, did this feel like a significant enough thing? Do you think Nintendo's waiting for E3 for like sort of their 2020 lineup sort of stuff? Like kind of general thoughts to close it out. Uh, I, I saw a lot of people on social today being like pretty disappointed in the direct or saying that it was like a bad direct, but I thought it was great. Like, we didn't I didn't even know you, we were getting one. How could you be disappointed? Yeah, well, I think people like have come to anticipate or expect that Nintendo Directs will have like these major reveals, but like they've been doing these sort of deep dive insight directs for a while. And I think we got a closer look at Xenoblade and Bravely Default and some new stuff for Ring Fit. And uh, what was the other game they did a deep dive into? It doesn't matter. I, I thought, you know, like this is a solid like eight, seven, seven out of 10 direct for me. I, I really liked it. Regardless of whether or not I was annoyed by the way it was announced, but or yeah, not I, announced. Think, I couldn't believe it this morning when everyone's like, "Oh my god, dude, Borderlands on Switch!" And I was like, "What is this insanity that everyone's talking about?" Surely yeah. that's the only thing that was announced today. And then they're like, "No, there's this whole surprise direct." And instantly, when I heard there was a surprise direct, I was like, "Oh man, they just dropped the Metroid Prime trilogy." Oh, and <laughs> yeah, that was a little disappointing. But you know what? Uh, uh, life is just. That would be the ultimate shelter in place gift from Nintendo oh, is if oh they God, dropped yeah. the Metroid Prime trilogy. I would drop Animal Crossing for it and play through the first one so fast. Like, same, same. Yep. And they did yeah. a great job setting expectations <clears throat> low, right, with no announcement and saying mini, so that then it was like actually kind of a nice little surprise. Whereas if they had been like, there's going to be a 30 minute direct tomorrow, like probably this yep. would have been a little disappointing. But like yeah. that's not what yep. they yeah. did. Yeah, that said, I do I do kind of like when we know about these things ahead of time because we get excited for them. And also, like, I have my whole routine where I'll, like, wake up and make a pot of coffee and sit down like it's Christmas morning. Um, so this, this was, like, a nice little birthday present for me. But at the same time, I was kind of like, I wish there was more to it. But then I also didn't know it, is, it existed. So I can't be upset that a thing I didn't know about let me down because it all happened so fast. Yeah, that's fair. That's about how um, I think. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I if they had been hyping it up, I probably would have been a little disappointed. But 
as it is now, this was a nice little taste and they hadn't talked in a while. So yeah, this was nice. Just update of like, Hey, yeah, there's still some cool stuff coming out this year. That said, I am craving that big direct or that big kind of announcement of like what else they have happening in 2020. But mm-hmm. You know, mm. that'll that'll come eventually. So we'll see. I think that'll come during that E3 time frame. I think we'll figure yeah. out, find out what they're, you know, because yeah. everything they talked about today was all May. So like yep. beyond May, it's still a question mark. And I think that we'll see stuff, you know, dropping out of that E3 time window that is like, okay, here's what we're doing for the rest of the year and beyond. So, yep. I'm so excited. Well, guys, uh, thank you very much for joining us rapidly and randomly. Yeah. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this very special little mini episode of NBC. Uh, we're going to, like we said, we have a normal episode this week that does not acknowledge the existence of a direct at all because we did not know about it. Um, but be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out vote in our poll on IGN.com, all that sort of stuff. And remember, this is the only place where you can very unexpectedly get that thing. Get the thing. Boo exercise. Happy birthday, Brian. And thank you. Happy birthday, Brian. Ooh, exercise. Ryan, it's your birthday. Hey, everyone. Casey DeVried is here with a special segment of Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. I'm joined today by Brian Altano. Hey. Zach, Zach Ryan. Hey. And Bill Trennan from Nintendo of America, our very special guest, who is Hello. here to talk Hi. about Animal Crossing. He is the That's senior right. product marketing manager of Nintendo and also a professional translator who was interpreted for Shigeru Miyamoto. And he previously worked in Nintendo's game localization division. We're super excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about Animal Crossing. Let's start it off. I know everyone here has been able to play a little bit of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long has everyone been able to play in real real lifetime and also in game days? Oh, okay. Let me think. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, in, in, in game days, I've played seven, eight, nine days, nine days. Today will be, yeah, today will be day 10. Um, in real life hours, I think I'm like over 25 hours at this point. Um, I've been playing it pretty slow and methodically. Um, you know, I, I respect that Animal Crossing allows you to like, you can play for an hour and a half and feel like you've accomplished a lot and then come back to it later if you want, or, or, you know, like finish up for the day. So yeah, I've been taking a pretty, I I would say traditional approach. What about you, Brian? Am I allowed to say this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Zach just said it, so. (laughs) uh, No, but Zach, Zach didn't say like an illegal answer. Um, Brian's been been doing a little. been doing crimes. I've been doing a little bit of time traveling. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know what the official company stance is on that bill, but, uh, I think it's there. (laughs) I, I've, I've heard that if you, if you admit a crime, uh, over like a video chat, it's not, it doesn't count. So we're good. Um, so I think I'm on day 38. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And I think I've played about 35, maybe 40 hours of the game, probably about three or four hours a day since it came out. Oh, wow. Or no, since I got it. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, my, the way that I play, I, number one, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist, so I don't, um, cheat. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's what you feel about time traveling. It's cheating. Yeah. It's time crimes. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's animal crossing is, is there's 24 hours in a day and just like, I can't skip ahead in real life. I really can't skip ahead in animal crossing either. Um, I'm so, so embarrassed right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, my, the way that I play is usually I'll, I'll play a bit in the morning, um, you know, and then kind of exhaust whatever it is I think I need to do in the morning and then I'll come back in the afternoon. And a lot of times you'll see, you know, that, um, some of the resources and things are kind of replenished after you've been away for a while. So I usually try to get like two play segments in over the course of a day. 
yeah. and uh, I actually I don't know how many days I've played at this point um, but usually if I'm putting in you know somewhere between one and two hours a day I would say I'm probably mm, maybe approaching 30 hours at this point okay we have we have access to it in, internally, um, you know, from a testing standpoint and things like that. So, uh, I've been been playing around with it for quite a while. So, I I've also done some. I've been mostly playing it slowly and not been doing time traveling. But I've actually time traveled in the past so I could get some daylight. So I've been doing some minor cheating. <laughs> So not necessarily <laughs> skipping ahead, but skipping backwards because I've been playing. I was playing at night every day for a few days and it's like I haven't seen any daylight so I haven't been able to see any of the wildlife that comes around or critters that come around during the day so I would skip back to 10 a.m. and uh, <laughs> if, if I may I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to Nintendo of America on behalf of my time criming <laughs> colleagues uh, they in no way represent the way that I personally like to play Animal Crossing so I just want to say that if you go back six hours or you go ahead one day, you still have to go see the same judge when you go to jail. So <laughs> really, it doesn't matter. We're all criminals. Gosh. You'll get there. I do, like, I do like the phrase time crime, though. That's a... <laughs> Thank you. Time crime critters. So, Bill, I, so in previous Animal Crossings, we were punished for time traveling or turning, well, rather, turning off our ga game uh, before saving in manner of Rossetti. I haven't seen Rossetti in Animal Crossing New Horizons. How do I make him? How do I make him come back and yell? I want to be yelled at. <laughs> well, of course, with the way that the the Switch system works, there really isn't a way to reset because even if you hit the power button, it just goes into sleep mode, um, and then you just resume from where you were. So uh, he's out of a job, kind of. No, no, <laughs> Rossetti. How could you do this? That doesn't mean that you'll never see him, but uh, but certainly he does not have the same role that he once did. I think that's probably best for his health, though, because he did get really worked up whenever that happened. He seems yeah, I was going to say he's probably tight. he's probably like meditating more now and you know taking long walks. He's probably like doing super well. Yeah, I, I hear he's hanging out at Brian's childhood home back in New York. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wasn't he like your neighbor when you were growing up? <laughs> I, I grew up with like 200 people that were that talked and looked exactly like Mr. Resetti. <laughs> Most of them just, lived in the sewers, too. That nice, Brian. Oh. Well, Bill's character. <laughs> Bill, what, is, what does your character look like in Animal Crossing right now? Uh, so my character is, he's, um, he's got kind of basically the default hairstyles. Uh, I have not customized his hair yet. Um, but uh, one of the things that I always do with Animal Crossing is, is me being an Oregon Ducks fan. I always dick my town out with yellow tulips and yellow lilies. Um, I've got a great big yellow O kind of at the entrance to my town uh, from the airport. Um, and I happen to be wearing a yellow and green uh, number 10 basketball jersey um, and uh, as well as some, some shorts. I'm still trying to find like a pair of high tops because I'm trying to go for this kind of dual vibe where it's like the Oregon Ducks plus uh, like Seattle grunge. So I really need, you know, the, the 10 Jersey being reminiscent of Pearl Jam. And, uh, and then if I can get some high tops going, I'll have it all down. And then maybe at some point I'll let my hair grow out. So. <laughs> Dude, I got you, I got you covered on high tops. I 
spent like 50,000 50, bells on high tops the other day. <laughs> I basically got, I went into the store and got all of them in every color and then put a bunch on my wall and put a bunch more in my, in my storage. Yeah, Brian's, oh, wow. been sending me, Brian's been sending me like almost daily updates of what his room, what his house looks like. And at one point, it literally just looked like a shoe shop. It was just like all these <laughs> rows of shoes. Like, oh, okay. I'm honestly so jealous of your decorating and your town and your house. Brian, honestly, guys, I am so bad at decorating. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, like, what is, what is your method? Do you just collect all of the things you think you might want in the future and then decorate? Or do you only buy things you know will match your aesthetic that you're going for? The secret is time crimes. No, um, <laughs> it's... The, the thing is that's weird about this game is that uh, I like in real life, I like to wear like leather jackets and jeans and high tops. But this game hypothetically takes place like on a on a on an island. And so I see like people walking around in shorts and stuff like if you look at Bill's background right now, it's like most of the most of those guys are like they're hanging out wearing dresses, sundresses and shorts and and sandals and stuff. But I'm like running around with a leather jacket. So I think I'd be hot. Um, but no, my my whole thing is uh, symmetry and making sure that basically uh, everything in each room has sort of like a symmetrical side to it where there's uh, something on each side that's kind of parallel that represents each other. And then um, decking it out with rare stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you, Bill, about the, uh, the, the, the HHA, mm -hmm. the Happy Home Academy. Now, I got a message from them yesterday saying that an item in my house was facing against the wall instead of the room, and I got dinged points for it. When did those people come into sick. my home? <laughs> uh, What's up? Who are these people? When do, they, when do they get in there? Well, you know, if you, if you have other players playing on your island, you'll notice that even if they're not home, you can walk into their house. So I think it's really on you, Brian, because you failed to lock your door. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like, that's what they do in Canada, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so people can come in and, and rate their decorations and their hockey sticks. Yep, that's right. No, so, so Casey, my, my technique is always just like craft a bunch of stuff, which is super fun in this game. Um, symmetry and also try to make sure, you know, the, the, the wallpaper and the rug and, and the furniture all sort of like coexist thematically in some way. And I don't really like, like having those like kind of hodgepodge rooms where, half the things are metal and half the things are made of straw. It, it just looks like a mess. I, I don't judge if that's what, if that's what you do. I it. I'm still using a cardboard box as a table, so I have no Really? Opinion. Yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, many, we're all working from home now. We're all working from home now, so it's very similar. Zach was actually showing me his bedroom in real life and his, his setup now. And I was like, that's very Animal Crossing. Like, you have, like, a random chair. And, like, you know, you're using a foam roller as a seat. Like, Perfect. Uh, Bill, I, I kind of wanted to ask you more of a, a legacy question about Animal mm -hmm. Crossing. Uh, you know, I think when you look at Nintendo's uh, pantheon of characters and games, you get a lot of, like, action and exploration and platforming. And uh, Animal Crossing is so so different from all the other Nintendo uh, uh, games. What do you think is it specifically about Animal Crossing that has garnered such attention and made it such a, a big hit with, with fans of Nintendo and like people, you know, cause like my entire Twitter timeline gamers or not are talking about Animal Crossing releasing tomorrow. And so like, what, what do you think, how do you explain that sort of universal appeal? 
You know, it's it's interesting. In Japan, um, they kind of describe Animal Crossing as being what in Japan they talk about as the slow life. Mm. It's it originally, you know, it started off where you were in this little kind of town, um, and it was very reminiscent of sort of uh, countryside in Japan. You know, you're fishing, you're catching bugs, uh, those sorts of things. And, and they're, you know, really, when you think about Animal Crossing, not much happens in the game in terms of events or excitement or drama. Um, and, and so really, I think what people really like about Animal Crossing is the fact that it is so different. It is, um, you know, in Japan, they call it slow life. Here, for us, we really talk about it as being kind of your ultimate personal escape. It mm. literally is the place that you can go to get away from whatever else is going on. And you can kind of, it gives you the power to create that world that is your ideal world. You know, and like I talk about how I always go in there and I make all the characters say go ducks and I like put up the town flag with a, you know, all of those icons. I can customize that town the way that I want. Um, but obviously Brian is customizing completely differently from I am. Um, but both of us are going to be imminently happy with the results of the work that we're doing in this town. Um, or on this island and and I think that that's really what it is it's like this is my space and I can go in there and I can be happy in it and I don't have to worry about anything else that's going on when I'm when I'm in this space I think I think that's really interesting like so many games that I play I consider them such a form of escapism and like mapping out my room in Animal Crossing, building out, uh, you know, in New Horizons as I started to get more stuff and like place it around that initial house that I had in a, just the one room. I was thinking like, oh yeah, this is looking really good. I really feel great about how this is all coming together. And then I just realized that I had just recreated my bedroom. Like it was the exact same way out of my bedroom. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I could be a little more original here, but... Well, there's a reason that you made your bedroom like that, right? Maybe you just think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, it's like that's what I gravitate towards. And I, I sort of unconsciously, you know, <laughs> recreated my own space. Like, yeah, I thought that was honestly, That's what the, I love about it. It's like, it's it's honestly like you you can start off with one room like that um, and it'll be like your own house. But if you, if I had a house, if I had a room in my house that was just like a bunch of shoes on the wall, um, like I, I'd probably, I don't know, I think I'd live alone like everything would <laughs> collapse around me um and, but i can do that in the game whereas you know in real life it's like everything has to have a sort of functionality to it but in animal crossing it can be all form it can just you can have a room that is just like that is just for fun and just create a whole theme room which y you'd have to have like a mansion to be able to do that in real life right yeah. honestly the Someday. Animal Crossing New Horizons Nintendo Direct had me sold to abandon my life as I know it and go like live in a tent out in a tropical island. So I can't actually do that in real life, but at least we can do it in Animal Crossing. That's go right. Slowly. And you're not you're not you're not relegated to a tent for forever, but it is yes. a nice way to start. <laughs> you can get a multi-room house, which yeah. I and you can own it with a zero interest loan, which. I don't, that'll just never happen here. Yeah, that's, that's 100% right? escapism. So, yeah. It is. And, and in fact, I do, I do need to point out, you know, I think, I do think Tom Nook gets a bad rap when you consider what he's doing for society with these zero interest loans. Um, really is as good of a raccoon as I think we've ever seen. Yeah. Bill, I honestly think us? he's really, he's like turned things around this game a lot too. He's like, <laughs> he's really, he's really working hard. Like he's, He seems like I, he's I actually, on our side. Yes. Yes, I respect the man. Bill, can you tell us where does Tom Nook get all of his money to loan to us in the first place? <laughs> Me. <laughs> From you? 
<laughs> no, it's, you know, he's, he seems like a, just a humble kind of independent businessman, but, um, but obviously he is the head of a major conglomerate that uh, is able to take on new initiatives like this. So he must have streams of, of bells coming in through other channels as well. <laughs> Billions of nooks crannies all over the world. <laughs> Every island. Uh, guys, what uh, are your... Oh, were you going to say, Zach? Go ahead, Casey. Oh, I was just going to ask, um, what are your favorite changes in New Horizons compared to the previous Animal Crossing games? Oh, wow. Um, that's a really good question. I think, I mean, obviously there there's some subtle things. Um, one of the most subtle, and, and Brian's probably noticed this, but with the way that you're able to lay out um, objects in the house, it used to be that you basically you had to move it like a full square and they've now given you smaller increments that you're able to move things and actually kind of gives you a bit more control over how you're laying things out in your house, which for somebody who's like super into decorating the house, I think is going to be um, a nice addition for people. Um, but for me, um, actually one of the things that I've found really nice has been the addition of Nook Miles because um, sometimes, you know, you'll get in and you'll be playing, um, you know, and in past games you'll might, you might do sort of the basic routine that you might have within Animal Crossing, then you'll think, oh, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Um, and Nook Miles has been really nice because it gives you, you know, some little small objectives of things that you can do that you get little rewards for, and then you can turn those in, uh, the miles in, and get some pretty cool objects that you can place um, around the island, or, you know, you can in enhance the hairstyles and things that you have access to. So that, for me, has just been, I think, one of my favorite elements. Of course, yeah, the bigger one is going to end up being the degree to which you're able to customize the island outdoors, um, both in terms of placing the furniture outdoors as well as in terms of actually changing the terrain. Yeah, I, I was also going to mention Nook Miles because, like, I, I think Nook Miles highlights a, a sort of a bigger thing for me uh, in the game in general is like how all the systems feed into each other, and Nook Miles illustrates that so easily in that like you have all these micro. Uh, uh, objectives that you're completing that add to the greater uh, overall, you know, like there are milestones for, you know, catching 100 fish, catching 1,000 fish, etc. Um, but you're constantly like filling those out through Nook Miles. And I think in that same way, like as I'm building out an orchard or clearing spaces for houses, I'm seeing other parts of my town where it's like, oh, when I finally have the ability to terraform, I'm going to knock this down or I'm going to build something here or and like the way that they all those systems interact with each other I think is like so brilliant and Animal Crossing has always been good at that but in New Horizons I think it's just a step above where it's been previously. I'm also yeah. very happy to hear that we can move every everything around the town when we yeah. want to yeah, at yeah, a yeah, later yeah. point because I would have so much anxiety choosing where to put everything in the beginning if I knew it was permanent so I'm very <laughs> grateful for that. Yeah I specifically remember running from like the ocean to uh, like Nookingtons in the GameCube version like a hundred times because they were so far away. And in this game, I can sort of move them around. I don't have to feel worry about any of it being permanently in place. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to say like the nook, the nook miles thing. I think you guys totally nailed that. It. It's, it does a really good job of getting me out of my routine and my comfort zone. Whereas like I might run into this the game every day, shake some trees, go to the store, see what's available and not really think to like hit rocks or anything like that, or like dig up stuff. And the game goes, Oh, well, if you hit five rocks, we'll give you 200 points. Um, and then you can go use those. And I, like, I find myself doing tons of those things every day just to stack up points. And you can even trade them in for bells and stuff like that, which is a quick, easy way to make money. Um, 
and that's that that it completely adds to what would normally just be a like a routine of my day to day to now being something that gets me to explore every corner of the island. So in, in the way that I was thinking about it too, is like, it reminds me of some of my favorite games on mobile where you're doing like daily challenges and stuff. And I think it's really interesting because I feel like four or five years ago when I started playing mobile game, mobile games more frequently, there was so much that reminded me of like, Oh, this, this is something that they probably learned from Animal Crossing. And now I feel like Animal Crossing has learned a lot from like Pocket Camp and maybe other mobile games. Do you know if there's any sort of like uh, uh, in development, was that part of the discussion? Like, oh, these, these games, this sort of like cyclical um, objectives, uh, did that come up at all? Do you know? Um, you know, I wouldn't say that it came up with, uh, from the perspective of actively trying to bring in elements from the mobile into um, into New Horizons. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, Nogami-san and Kyogoku-san are both very involved in, in both Pocket Camp as well as New Horizons. And I think what they looked at really was um, less of trying to apply elements from the mobile version and more they're just looking at what are some of the things that we've seen that is resonating with people or elements that we particularly like that we thought we could take and, and evolve in the, in the console version of the, of the Animal Crossing series. Um, and those are the ones that they've picked up to bring in. Um, and I think it's really just about always continually looking at um, different ways to engage with players, you know, and, and even, you know, the Nick Miles um, point is one where, you know, Animal Crossing for some people was a game um, for a long time that, you know, they're like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. or I don't know what my goal is. Um, and so Nick Miles really becomes something that helps guide those players through the game. Um, but it's still totally optional. So for people who love to play Animal Crossing the way that they always have, they'll be able to do that whether or not, you know, regardless of, of whether or not they're worried about those Nick Miles goals. Uh, what about... Uh, Bill, I want to... Oh, you were going to say, Zach? You go ahead. No, uh, Bill, I was going to ask you, I, I know you haven't been in localization in a while, but you're, you're obviously very, very well versed in it. Um, and this is a game with thousands of lines of dialogue, and a lot of it is, uh, feels sort of like specific to the language that you're speaking in. There's a lot of sort of colloquialisms and, and slang and stuff like that. Um, what's, what's the process of making, of bringing all of, all of that text over uh, for a global audience? It's like, how do you, how do you translate jokes and, and, and slang and stuff like that? So many puns. Oh my God, yeah. so many puns. <laughs> well, yeah, and then, well, and on top of that, what, um, you know, what, what becomes an even bigger part of the job for the localization team is that when you're looking at the, even just the character animations, um, where they'll be in the middle of dialogue and then they're reacting and you'll see them emote in some way um, or their animation changes. Um, even within the localization process, they're, as they're writing the text, are having to then place the animations um, within the context of, of the localized text. Um, so it is a very, uh, in, it, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, both in terms of, you know, obviously from a pun perspective, um, there's, puns, there's puns that just don't translate. And then a lot of times what you'll see is within, um, you know, the Japanese text, if there's a joke or a pun within the Japanese text, then what they'll do is they'll flag that. And then the, the, the translators and writers will work together to make sure that there's appropriately a pun um, in the English text as well. And then that'll get cascaded out across French and Spanish and, and all of the other languages. Um, but uh, there are, of course, nuances uh, to all the different languages and all the different regions. Um, and uh, and it's, 
I think at least, you know, when I was in localization, it was always one of the most fun projects to work on because the, um, you do have so much um, leeway and so much impact in terms of how you're, you're bringing those characters to life, both in text, but also with the use of the animations as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And I know we are kind of running out of time for this segment, but I do have one last kind of goofy question. Maybe you guys have another question after. But um, outside of Isabel, Tom Nook, and KK Slider, who is the best Animal Crossing villager and or visitor? Oh, wow. That's, that is a tough question. Yeah, we ask the hard-hitting questions here at IGN. <laughs> This is, yeah, um, you know, and it's it's a it's a difficult one for me to answer because obviously I don't want to I don't want to have any real favoritism for any one character over over another. They're all you know, they're all like my little kids. But uh, <laughs> probably I would probably have to say Gulliver is probably one of my favorites, um, just because I find him to be a very hilarious character, and when I help him out, he always sends me great gifts. So how could you not like him? <laughs> It's a good choice. He's great in this game too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really his, his his phone keeps like exploding every five days. <laughs> and he's got so many sailor puns. Yeah. 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 Uh, do, we, do, we have, do we have time for yeah. one more question? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, so I think in the way that uh, the Switch is like such a runaway success, like there are so many more people that are coming to Nintendo now or returning to Nintendo after an absence that I think you saw, like we saw at IGN, a lot of people playing uh, their first Zelda game, their first Mario game in, you know, in maybe ever, but definitely in a very long time. Uh, people that are coming to Animal Crossing for the first time, what, what advice do you give them where, where to start? Because like, it can be a little daunting, just the, the openness of the game. Well, you know, that's one of the other things that I think this game has done really well is that the, the opening and the beginning of the game, I feel, does a really good job of kind of easing you into um, both the, the island life, the things that you need to do, um, learning what you can do, um, so that it doesn't feel too overwhelming of you're just stepping out into this world where you, you don't know what to do next or, or you don't know what to focus on. Um, and so that, I think, has been a big improvement. But overall, I mean... To me, if you're if this is your first ever Animal Crossing game, my number one piece of advice is just sit back, relax, right? Uh, take your time, uh, escape from everything that's going on, and just really have fun in your own little island paradise because that's really what it's all about. It's just about building your space and having it be the space that you love. Share it with people. Um, I'm expecting to get uh, requests from all of you to have me come visit your island so I can go check them out and hopefully steal some high tops from Brian. But, Set out those front yeah. cards, man. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, but it's you know it really is just don't don't stress about it because this is the most stress free game you could imagine. <laughs> yeah, it is zero, zero consequences. <laughs> you just never pay. You just live in your first tent the whole time and just not pay. don't do that. But <laughs> well, I have I have one last very very quick question. What's the, what's the best KK Slatter song? Uh, that is easy. There is only one answer to that, and that is KK Cruisin. Yep. I'm oh, in. We're going to have to play that <laughs> I right still here. haven't found it yet. <laughs> there it is. It's the best. We'll find it. That is my favorite song, yeah. It's right. the best one. I still haven't unlocked it. I've, I've been checking every day. No, yeah. Half the reason, so, I, half the reason so I time travel. 
<laughs> just looking for specific KK songs. Yeah. Art should be paid I, for. Good music should be paid should. for. Support You're right. your local exactly. independent musicians. You're not wrong. That's right. And KK is probably, possibly one of the most influential musicians in the history of music, oh. given all of the <laughs> genres that he's worked in. <laughs> Definitely so, the most diverse. I mean, he's covered it all. That's right. <laughs> Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have any last comments about Animal Crossing New Horizons? Um, no, other than I just can't wait to get back to my island. <laughs> Perfect. I expect to see at least some screenshots of your island so we can throw them in so people can see them. So guys, oh, you yes, will. please. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah. We really appreciate it. We hope everyone at home is enjoying, enjoying Animal Crossing New Horizons today, right now, because it is out. And remember, you can watch the full episode of NBC Nintendo Voice Chat every Thursday at 3 p.m. on IGN.com and YouTube and your favorite podcasting platform. Again, thank you so much for watching. And remember, this is the only place you can. Get this thing. Hey, Jenny, have you um, ever heard of a vampire slayer? Do you mean the one girl in all the world with the strength and skill to fight the vampires, demons, and forces of darkness? I do. Oh, yeah. I've heard of her. Cool. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Never seen Buffy before? We will protect you. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? <laughs> Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. So if you've never watched Buffy or if you're about to watch the series for the 14th time, come over and join us. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.